I'm so excited for this movie. Yes. Was this one of your top flicks that were on the our uh, starter def- list? Sure. Yeah, yeah, I love this movie. I definitely like loved it as a kid, but okay. um, definitely rewatching it with my critical eye. I was like, Ew. <laughs> yeah, there's some stuff that pops out. But uh, for me, this movie was always, you know, the soundtrack and every wedding you go to, you play this. Oh, dang. And, uh, yeah. you know, white people break out in a song and dance <laughs> immediately. White people like every single person in the movie except for like two <laughs> people. <laughs> yeah, even the... Uh, the shop teacher was getting after it. Oh yeah! During Grease Lightning, which I appreciated. It's film like milk. Yes, it's got culture in it. And it's mm. damn leche, <laughs> whole milk, skim milk, medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? Could you milk me? Um. So, what do you think that this movie is about? Do you want to do the synopsis? The synopsis for me would be two people meet on summer vacation, going into their senior year. Uh, the female lead supposedly is supposed to go back to Australia. Little does the male lead know that she ends up at his high school, staying in town, and he kind of dismisses her at first to, you know, front in front of his friends. Then he finds out that he really likes her, or he's always liked her, and he's not going to put up that front anymore. She's coming to terms with, you know, she's got to be a little more edgy, or mm-hmm. wants to be more edgy, and we'll talk about that. And then they fall for each other, and they drive off into the sunset. John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John, Greece. The Broadway smash that made theatrical history by becoming one of the longest-running musical comedies of all time breaks loose on the motion picture screen. Yeah, I think you nailed it on the head. I would say this is your classic boy meets girl, boy loses girl, boy gets girl, with um, some fantastic costumes, you know, and some great music. Um, It's based off a musical from Mm -hmm. 1971. Yeah. But yeah, I'm excited to talk a little bit more about it. So today, something exciting is happening. What's happening, David? We have a guest. And who is that guest? That's right. Our guest is Cara McLean. And I'm going to bring her in and we'll do a bio. And uh, yeah, it's exciting to have an industry guest to discuss a film that has potentially aged like milk. Yeah. Okay, let's get to it. Attention, seniors. Okay, we're recording. So, hi, guys. Hello. Hello. Cara McLean. Uh, I have Cara's bio here, even though I've known her for a long time. I'm just going to read it. Uh, Cara McLean is the co-president of the LA-based agency K2 Publicity and has represented films at the top festivals around the world, including Sundance, TIFF, Cannes, Tribeca, Berlin, South by Southwest, Venice, and others. She has worked on the international and domestic campaigns for multiple films and has worked with some of the world's most talented filmmakers. Her company also runs PR for a few LBGTQ film festivals, Inside Out LGBT Film Festival, and New York's New Fest Film Festival, as well as Romcom Fest, the experiential Los Angeles-based film festival dedicated to celebrating romantic comedies in addition to others. Cara, that was a, a lot. How are you? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Yay. So you and I know each other from Toronto. Originally, we met at TIFF, I believe. Uh, You're a Canadian living in Los Angeles. Yes. Yeah. I moved here eight years ago. Wow. And you have worked in publicity for that whole time, pretty much. Yes. Yeah. Great. And so when you're doing publicity for a film, what is something that you always notice when you're watching a film for the first time that you'll potentially represent? Mostly just the themes of the film, the people involved, what would be of interest to press, whether it's a theme or a performance or something that happens in the film that's unique. Just kind of the angles that would be of interest to press. Definitely. And I think a lot of people think they need like a publicist or they need PR. Uh, I know this is a question that comes up for you a lot. What would you say is like the number one piece of advice that you have for anyone that's thinking that they need a publicist or a or they need PR? It just depends on what the objective is. So if you have a film that is premiering at a festival, then that is an opportunity where people should look into having a publicist because they can help them navigate that whole world. Um, if you are creating a, you know, a film or 
television series and you're still in sort of pre-production mode, then that's not always a reason to look into having a publicist. It just depends on what the objective is and what the goals are. Um, so anytime I talk to filmmakers, I always just try to get a sense of what they're actually looking for and what they would want a press release or uh, any kind of press opportunity for exactly. So when you work with people, how does that connection happen? Do they mostly reach out to you or do you meet uh, a lot of people at film festivals, both? Like how does, how's that connection made um, and you guys move forward together, working together? Yeah, it's a combination of referrals from other filmmakers that we've worked with, sales agents that refer us to filmmakers that we work with um, because usually that when we're working on a film at a festival, they have a sales agent or have a sales plan um, in, in effect so that they can try to sell their movie. Obviously right now that is all really different, but um, that's generally how it works. And uh, so we get that from them. We, it's producers that we've worked with before or friends of friends. And also if we're really interested in a movie then we're already going to a festival, we will reach out and see if they're looking for representation and have gotten clients that way as well when we're just super interested in watching one of their movies. Yeah, that's nice to be passionate about something you see and getting involved early on and help move that forward. Yeah, exactly. And you started your own company how many years ago now? It was four, almost four years ago. And what made you decide to go out on your own and kind of create this you know, company that really focuses, I know, on a lot of independent film. I know you're very passionate about that and about LGBTQ films. What, what made you go in that direction? Um, just kind of the ownership of everything and the chance to be able to call our own shots, you know, decide who we want to work with, um, all of that kind of thing. Because if you, if you work for an agency, you just don't always have that opportunity to uh, be kind of picky and sort of, you know, life is short and you just want to work with people that you enjoy working with. Definitely. And you actually worked with someone from the movie that we're discussing today. Is that correct? Yeah, I worked with Randall a few years ago, the director. Um, he had a, a project at Sundance that was a VR project called Defrost. And he was super lovely. And I talked to him a little bit about Greece because I am a big fan of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was like, hey, we're going to discuss Greece," you were like, oh my gosh, I have a connection. <laughs> Mostly just I was excited to rewatch the movie because I think it's just a film that's full of so many beautiful themes of being a teenager. And also I love musicals. I'm a huge musical theater fan. So um, this is a really good musical theater film right um so obviously i also loved the movie growing up this podcast is aged like milk where we discuss maybe viewing these films with a little bit of a, a 2020 sort of eye so cara what was the first thing that jumped out at you that potentially has kind of like aged like milk i mean it's definitely a product of its time in the sense that it was from the late 70s um, I think a few of the themes that I would say would probably be treated differently and in, in, in fact did get treated differently when the film was produced um, on television in 2016 were some of the song lyrics. Mm -hmm. um, some of the lyrics in Grease Lightning were changed um, that were considered a little bit more vulgar or crude. And... Um, I think just in general, the notion that maybe you need to change for another person, um, both Danny and Sandy do this in the movie, and um, it's maybe not the greatest message for Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's jump into those. But both of those things that you raised are, um, are very valid. David, uh, which one of those that Cara just mentioned really resonated with you the most? Like what, with the songs and the songs? Yeah, or, or just like the sort of the, the sex stuff and the lyrics, you know? Yeah, um, some of the notes I had basically the Tell Me More song, right? That's mm -hmm. the one of the biggest Summer ones nights. that picks out or stops out because um, did she put up a fight? Yes. Um, you kept saying, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. we did something there. She did something in the sand. 
and going back and forth, totally different picture from what she's painting. Mm-hmm. And he's just trying to show up in front of his boys. Yeah. So. Yeah. The sexual politics is something I definitely delved into a little bit with this film. And again, yeah, it was totally a film of its time shot and created in 1978, you know, supposed to be the 1950s. Uh, there were a couple of times in songs, particularly like Rizzo's song about um, the things that she wanted to do and just, you know, the whole situation surrounding Rizzo, like how she was supposed to be pregnant and everyone kind of shunned her. Like, it's very interesting. Cara, what were your thoughts about that whole element of the film? Um, I know that that particular song, which is, what is it called? It's called There Are Worst Things I Could Do. Yeah. Um, that, that actress, Stalker Channing, fought with the producers to keep it in because they didn't want to I guess they, they just thought it was a little bit too much, but um, I think the, I don't know, the theme of teen pregnancy and the scariness of it and the sort of, I don't know, connotations that other people have about it, it, it it's an interesting theme to ha- be in a film like this from the 70s, yeah um, a little bit ahead of its time. And um, the, however, the solution to the relationship problems with her boyfriend being, oh, she's not pregnant is maybe not right. the most applicable. I did think it was interesting that he was like, oh, great, you're not pregnant. I'll make an honest woman out of you yeah, like right at the end. It gives was like, her a kiss. And yeah. then at the drive-in movie, thanks, like, thanks, kid. Like, you're letting me off or whatever. When she's like, it's not yours. And yeah. And just like, oh, thanks, and dips out. I thought, I re- see, I read that as him being like, he knew she was kind of being a bitch because she was like, don't worry about it. Like I've, it's not your problem. Oh, I took it as like, oh, he, he was, was like off happy. the hook oh. and he was like, all right. Cause he smiled and he's like, thanks or whatever. <laughs> and he, you know, he left and she was just going to deal with whatever happens. You know what I mean? She's going to have right. it on her own and be a single yeah, mom. Yeah. It's yeah. This, it was so interesting. Cause I actually went to the live sing-along version of Greece. Um, at the Rose Bowl a couple of years ago for the 40th anniversary. And I was just like bawling my eyes out, having the best time, like singing mm-hmm. along. And today with kind of my critical eye, just like rewatching it, like, God, I love that song Sandra D, but like listening to it again with like my critical ear, I'm just like, wow, they're like making fun of her for not sleeping around, essentially. Yeah, yep. yeah. yeah, for being a virgin. <laughs> From the start, she goes to that sleepover and they're trying to change her instantly. Yeah. Do you want to smoke? She inhales, coughs, and they're making fun of her. Do you mm-hmm. want to drink? She's like, oh, I had champagne at my cousin's wedding one time. Mm-hmm. And then with the ear piercing, and she's thrown up in the bathroom because of blood. And they're just trying to get her involved in that group and change who she mm-hmm. is from the start. And I feel like, you know, it's just like in high school, clicky people try to change other people. Uh, mm-hmm. So they're like them. It's interesting. I did think, I'll say this for the movie. I loved that they played with like who the cool kids were. Like they were, it was, was it Patty Lavelle? Is that her I name? I think her name is Patty. Patty. Yeah. So Patty is like, oh, you must try out for the cheerleading team. And then like all the Thunderbirds are making fun of the jocks. Like I feel like in every high school movie, the jocks and the cheerleaders are like the cool ones. Yeah. But in this movie, they're like the dweebs still like yep. people that like are interested in school are like such losers. Whereas like the, the, the Thunderbirds and the, and the pink ladies are like the cool ones. And the jocks were pretty dumb in this yeah. movie or portrayed as pretty dumb. That guy she's at the diner with at first and John Travolta makes like a comment about him having no brains, you know, just like a big jock with muscles. So that is a, Yeah. I mean, there were a few things like, listen, you know, Cara, you're Canadian, David, you're American, I'm Australian. Like, I feel like you guys had a more similar high school upbringing, but like we never had pep rallies. We didn't have cheerleaders. And so one thing that stuck out to me when I was rewatching this movie was they had um, like a burning effigy being hung up. Did you guys notice that? Yeah. Yeah. He's given the uh, speech. Yeah. And I was like, Ooh, this is, I don't know. It made me feel bad. Cause, yeah. And then they had signs that were like, you're going to die like gladiators. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. Uh, that coach was given a pretty pretty good speech. Uh, coach Calhoun yeah, by Sid Caesar. And he's been in a ton of stuff. I like him a lot. He's in that movie, Vegas Vacation. You're right. It's super funny. But Is it bad that I like identified more with like 
the principal than the kids on this viewing. Yeah, you know who I really like? The principal's like second in command. The the assistant principal. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. hilarious. And you see a lot of different movies, like that number two in power mm -hmm. is always kind of quirky. The and comedy release. Yeah, yeah. And I always love that character. Yeah, I definitely was like more relating to the like tired headmistress <laughs> than I was to like the shitty kids. Yeah. But uh, what stuck out to me too with like the sports aspect of it, all those sports don't go on at the same time. He's trying John Travolta out for first gymnastics, then right. wrestling, baseball, basketball, and then he ends up with track. The, all, all those sports don't go on at the same time. I read something that was like, the teachers at that school really cared about the kids. Like he was like determined to find John Travolta's yeah. character, like the sport of, that he was going to yeah, fit into. Yeah, and that's great. Find his passion. Yeah. yeah, and that's awesome. But real life, those sports do not exist all oh, the I same Oh, I see what you're saying. Basketball day. is like a summer sport. Yeah. Uh, yeah, gymnastics, football, whatever. You're talking about all major sports or all sports in school aren't going on the exact same week. And I love just that walking around. <laughs> well, I David always, Cara, by the way, David always makes up on things that I'm like, oh, that's so interesting. Cause like, he's like viewing, that's why it's great to have like a guy and a girl hosting a podcast because it's like he just notices different things. Yeah, I wouldn't have noticed that at all. David's like, you know what really bothered me? Yeah. The basketball and football <laughs> were happening at the same time. I do have a lot so of- So unrealistic, not the flying car. Yeah. Not the flying car, which didn't have a windshield. So that <laughs> stuck out to me, which makes sense because you need the shot of them head on right. as, as they're taking but off. flies would but, go into your mouth. Yeah, but I'm saying like for the camera to shoot right. in there and have a clear picture, but they go to the side angle and you can clearly see there's no right. windshield. So that stuck out to me. Um, so. Everyone, please silence your phones. No vibration. Oh, that was actually my computer. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so all of that was very, very valid. Uh, yeah, we touched on Summer Nights, which was, oh, God, it's, yeah. Did she put up a fight? Like, unfortunately, in researching like the problematic part of Greece, uh, there was actually a line that, Kari, I wonder if you noticed it. It's a very throwaway line. Marty's character is one of my favorites. Like she's definitely underutilized in this movie, but she's got a very interesting character. She's got all those boyfriends. She's like writing to people and she like spritzes the paper. Like I love her. Um, she talks about how the TV host tried to put an aspirin in her yeah, coat. Tried to roofie. Yeah. Basically like yeah. a roofie reference. Yeah, definitely. And is. they just kind of breeze past yeah. it. Because they go into that scene of her telling that Rizzo is pregnant. Right. And then what's his name? Um, is it Duty? No, Sonny starts telling people and then it gets all the way back. So yeah, they that's a very quick scene. But yeah, he tried to put aspirin in my drink and then yeah. boom, it's it's already off. That dude was such a creep. Yeah. You know, okay, so he was a creep and I know she's meant to be 18, but I looked it up and everyone in this movie was like really old. Oh yeah. Ah. They're all like 30. <laughs> Kaniki yeah. was like 33, wasn't he? Yeah. I wrote down their ages. Um yeah. I think the youngest was Denny yeah, he was 22. He's like 23. Yeah, um, was 23. Was Olivia, Olivia 29 Olivia was 28, 30? it says, oh, okay. that I had. And so was Jeff Conway. I found 29 and 30. I think they probably so, had birthdays while they were shooting it. Yeah. But um, yeah, Stockard Channing was 33. Because I that was that was something I noticed like the first five minutes of me watching this movie. I was like, these do not look like high school students. Because our first episode, Kara... Um, which I know you listened to was She's All That. And one of the things I said was that they looked really old compared to uh, Macaulay Culkin's, Kieran Culkin's yeah. character. As him oh, as yeah. And so like in this movie, it was like, and, but then I think there's a part of your brain that goes, well, it's meant to be the fifties. Maybe kids looked older back then, but. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> the cigarettes. It's easier to, to work with adults. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially because she was on Broadway, Stalker mm. Channing, I believe um, for a while. And I was looking back at her film history and, and uh, theater history. But, I mean, she crushed it. Oh, she's, she had some really her good character, scenes. Yeah. So good. Yeah, but you can definitely tell. I was like, man, she ain't hard. I, <laughs> I have to say, like, I will say this. The, the female characters in the movie stick out a lot more to me. Like, I couldn't, like, I could tell you Marty, Rizzo, Frenchie. And then the guys, like, even in the credits, I noticed in the very beginning of the movie, they kind of blur them together. Like, all three names are together. Yeah. This mm -hmm. kind of interchangeable a little bit, whereas the girls have their very distinct personalities. Definitely. Yeah. And I think, you know, that uh, anyone who says the film is more male skewing or maybe about male fantasy or something in the sense that the women are all kind of falling in line with whatever they're expected. 
there's so much exploration of female friendship and sexuality and love and, uh, you know, teen pregnancy and peer pressure and just so many elements that make the film so appealing to women. Mm-hmm. That I think that it's much more of a female film, but it has something for everyone. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of strong women in this. Mm-hmm. Just the, in fe- general, the female, from, pre- uh, pre- what's it called? Female headmaster? Yeah, just from start to finish. Mm. Even all the pink ladies and, you know, Sandy's character. She's not taking anything she doesn't like as disrespect from Danny Zook. And like you said, all the pink ladies st- stood out a lot more than the T-Birds. Um, yeah. So, like, I loved Frenchie. She was awesome. Are they called the T-Birds and I've been calling them the Thunderbirds? Am I dumb? Uh, They're called the T-Birds, aren't it, they? It's T-Birds are on their jackets. Thunderbirds. But it's probably for Thunder, Thunderbirds. No, it's Thunder Road is the car race that they do. That's where they race the cars. I'm yeah, getting mixed up. But there's also a model car named Got uh, Thunderbird. Got so it. you could be right. But on their jackets, it's, it's T-Birds. it says T-Birds. Yeah, yeah, I love how they had their own like jackets. Like, who made them? Yeah. It, <laughs> they did. They're moms. They're moms. <laughs> hey, mom, I wanted it to be bedazzled. Yeah. Mom. I got to save up and get this jacket, mom. Everybody's pulling it. Yeah. Danny's getting one. Do you know what I couldn't? I mean, I could kind of stand it because when I walked out of my apartment, I was listening to the soundtrack on the walk over here, and I was kind of like over. walking how like they walked in the. Nobody walks like that. <laughs> like they didn't walk like that in the fifties. Cool kids didn't walk like that. You know, I know it's a romance musical, but yeah, it's just kind of funny. It's funny that we say like, yeah, there's a lot for women in here, Kara, because I will say one of the things I read online was that like there are a lot of references to. It comes back to the sexual politics, which I realized was of its time. And there's just a lot of jokes and it's meant to be very lighthearted. But like, um, do you guys remember when they were at the kissing point, uh, like the lookout point and the the guy with the flame car like backs into his car? And crater go, face. Crater face. He yeah. goes, I'll give you 75 cents for the car if you throw in the in the girl too. And it's yeah. like just a lot of like devaluing and then like there's a lot of jokes like cha-cha uh, she says something about how she has like the worst reputation at her school like i i think rizzo, rizzo said that right uh i think about her i think Marty says it oh okay or one of the other girls but i love that rizzo's character is like strong and i remember as a kid thinking like wow she's a badass mm-hmm. but i hated like there were elements of it where like now as an adult i'm like it did bother me that there was like comments about like being a slut and like slut shaming and yeah, stuff like definitely that slut shaming. Yeah. yeah but again it's like and it's also like i know i know that's like a big part of the plot where it's like danny's this one person in the summer and then he's this one person at school but i hated this like that boy like <laughs> titties like they always talk about boobs <laughs> yeah <laughs> they do that little dance where they're like hey watch this and it's like and they're grabbing boobs even at the american bandstands Kaniki, when he's with Cha Cha, is like doing a dance where he's kind of just air groping her, and she's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, putting her head back and forth, and then he pretend slaps mm-hmm. her, and yeah. So there's definitely I, yeah. Let's talk about the dancing for a moment because obviously the first movie we reviewed is She's All That, where they just break into spontaneous dance. <laughs> we cannot escape the spontaneous dancing, but it's it's different. The dance because, I know. Yeah, see, exactly. No, but it's not just that, guys. It's also in the but it's summer a, nights. But and, this is a musical. Yes, makes this, sense. Uh, she's all that. It's not a musical. <laughs> Be interesting twist for she's all that too. But um, for this one, I you know you expect it. It keeps coming back and back. Totally. And I was trying to watch it, not get too excited or anything like that. But you just find yourself like shaking a little oh, bit. Oh, I and love just loving the, music. the soundtrack. Yeah, I had a smile on my face the whole time we were watching this. Yeah. They're, um, they're good dancers they're yeah. really good they're and the, really good yeah. and the costumes are so fun to dance with like at the high school dance the bandstand mm-hmm. they're like flipping the skirts around and yeah. it's just like so fun oh yeah and that uh what is it the hand jive yeah the hand jive. yeah that's and they all know it and it's like oh you know that song of probably their their time that everyone like the you know some of the songs we have i mean they're more tiktok dances now or whatever yeah but I know I was actually wishing that like dancing was more like that because now Today? yeah mm-hmm. you know like I feel so awkward as a dancer like I go to a club <laughs> and I'm like just bopping around you yeah. wish you could go to a club and have this a dance weekend and, and yeah the, well first of all I job. wish we could go to a club this weekend but like pandemic so <laughs> um okay what about representation in the film diversity thoughts Kara? Well, there's not a lot. <laughs> David keeps dropping his fucking 
what's it called? Coaster. Coaster. Well, it's sticking to the glass. It's okay. So. It's condensation. So hot. Kara, I hope you're drinking. We're, not, we're drinking. Science. I'll, I'll take a drink of water. There you go. A sip. Um, so there's not a lot. That's not an inaccurate statement. Diversity. Diversity. So, yeah. You got um, Sonny, who's Italian-American, mm-hmm. right? Um, and they kind of make fun of him for it. He offers, at one point, he offers Zuko. Uh, no. Is it Zuko? Danny? Kaniki. He offers Kaniki a piece of salami and he goes, why would I want that? Then I'd smell like you, which I felt Oof. like, yeah, it was kind yeah. of a... No, that's racist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's like, yeah, I, I definitely counted and I don't know about you guys, but I counted one black guy in the band. Yeah. He was like the lead singer. Yeah. And sure. then I, and then I counted, uh, there was one Asian guy on the gymnastics team. I paused it and my, oh, my okay. partner came into the room and I was like, that guy's Asian. Yeah, right? confirm. Like, yeah. But let's give a shout out to the band. Johnny Casino and the Gamblers. They were rocking that whole night. Oh, yeah. So, you know. But yeah, not a lot of... There was not one... I didn't spot one single diverse student. Yeah. And I was looking through the um, the cast and crew, the full cast and crew. It wasn't a lot of women in a lot of really? the... Really? Mm-hmm. Not yeah. just acting, but, you know, through... Any other aspect? I think it's of just something. That, I think it's just something that we notice now because obviously content creators are trying to be more representative. Mm-hmm. This, yeah, you know, Rydell is supposed to be in set in California, right? I mean, it was clearly the beach scenes were clearly shot at Malibu and the aqueduct. It was all scene. shot in LA, I think. Yes, yeah, like that makes sense. I'm pretty yeah. sure we could find out what high school Rydell was. I feel like I've seen it on like one of those. I think it said it was three different ones. Okay. Oh. Okay. You know how they've got like the go do a stars tour and see like the Gilmore Girls house <laughs> and like whatever. Um, yeah. It definitely, yeah, the, the way they were racing the cars looked very familiar if you're from LA. That's, um, that's the LA River. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I, we three of us live in LA and like it's a very interesting, diverse background here. So it just was funny yes. to me that it would be like such a white school. <laughs> so I'm seeing Venice High School, Huntington park high and yeah there she's right there's three that's interesting oh um david knows this because i brought it up in our first podcast but something that really bothers me is when people like go to the bathroom and don't wash their hands or like whatever rizzo comes out of the bathroom in the diner and she's holding an ice cream cone that she's eating does anyone have any thoughts about that maybe she was smoking in there or something she's eating an ice cream cone I mean, you can, that's two hands. I'm just giving Rizzo the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> she sounds like a continuity error. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so what else, guys? Can we talk about that diner a little bit more? Yeah. So, okay. What's, tell me more. What's that song called? Is it Tell Me More or what is it? Summer Nights. Summer Nights. Yeah. Is the, you mean the first song? So that scene, they're in the bleachers and they call him Putz. I don't know. Is that Roger, the blonde kid? Putsy. Putsy. It's his own name. That's- and he's looking up the girl's skirt. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. So then, yeah. but then fast forward um, to him and Jan talking at the diner. And then he's like, you know, Jan, you're so much more than, than, you know, what people say about you. And you really have a lot to offer. And then they go off because her mom, mom makes apple, apple pie, pie or whatever. So, you know, oh, start that's of the career movie. Growth. Okay. But that's I mean, what career I'm growth. saying. Personality or, growth. Yeah, exactly. Start of the uh totally messed up you know trying to get up girl skirts or look up their skirts and i was like yeah jan you have a lot to offer jan was a really funny character i liked her a lot um i thought he said at some point you're a lot more than people say and i thought he said something about her being fat i wrote it down with a question mark but i think maybe i just misheard yeah he says he said he had a lot to offer i wrote it down or she has jan had a lot to offer so yeah there was a lot of stuff where you were just like it was subtle um it's what's his name is it duty the guy with the that fro is that him oh yeah so he is like he goes to the dance and he like spikes the punch did you guys notice that Mm -hmm. but he just splashes like the tiniest bit of alcohol in there i think that's sunny oh that's sunny yeah i get them mixed up like i'm telling you they don't have like super specific (laughs) but yeah so he goes up to the punch bowl and he just like splashes the tiniest bit of alcohol i'm like what does he think that's gonna do because sunny's the one that got drunk right because um was that Marty wouldn't dance with them. He's right. the one that got hammered. And then he grabs Olivia Newton-John. And that's why uh, John Travolta ends up dancing oh. with Cha-Cha. 
Uh, see that that's what i thought yeah i'm getting them mixed up yeah you're right yeah he's swigging like hot alcohol at the at the dance yeah he's got a little fifth on him or something um i mean who was your your favorite character cara in the movie um i think my favorite character is rizzo Mm -hmm. just i mean maybe that's just a nostalgic thing but i think she's yeah a strong woman and um I kind of see there are worse things I could do as her rejection of slut shaming, which I like mm. that she's singing a rejection about it. Cause that's pretty, I don't know. No, anyway. I would agree with that. Um, but yeah, that would probably be my favorite character. I have a question for both of you, which of the pink ladies are most of you, or are you most alike each of you? you had to say <laughs> which one you're the most alike so we got Kara's favorite is Rizzo but do you identify yeah. with one of the other ones others um I don't not really I mean they're pretty character character yeah what do you what about you Paris I'm trying to think I mean <laughs> I want to say I want to say Sandy because she's Australian and she's in America. So that's like highly relatable for me, <laughs> obviously. Um, but, you know, when I got together with my partner, I didn't, if I looked at that good in leather pants, oh my God, of course I would wear them. <laughs> Just, you know, boof out my hair like that. Um, the, I think, you know, so my favorite character is Frenchie, to be honest, yeah, out of the Pink Ladies. I like and I think there's part of me that identifies with her. I mean, I didn't drop out of high school, but I definitely think Frenchie is like, she's a little lost, you know, and she's really looking for someone to guide her. And I think that was extremely relatable. I think Mm. the first time I saw this movie, I was like, this is such an embarrassing story, but I'll share it anyway. When I first went to see Grease, my friend's mom and my friend took me to see Grease and they were like, have you seen it before? And I don't know why, but I just said yes. And in the lobby, I was talking about like how much I love Europe and all this stuff because I was like such a dumb kid. So I literally thought this movie was like about Greece like the country. <laughs> and then I remember like in the first 20 minutes just being so confused um so I don't know I mean I grew up in Hong Kong so this it is like, Mamma Mia <laughs> yeah I don't know I don't know what I thought it was but um I remember my friend's mom giving me like the weirdest look when I said that yeah, right. um okay. so maybe I mean that's something Frenchie would do she would lie yeah. and be like yeah but she <laughs> did go back to high school she did um which I thought was brutal of that song that Go back beauty to high school, school, that Frankie Avalon song. Because if you listen to those lyrics, like you're never going to make it, you're bad at it, blah, 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 blah. And then she ends up quitting. Which yeah. I, you know, I thought like that was kind fantasy. of. I, yeah, that was kind of. I was up. dying when I went to the 40th anniversary of Greece at the Hollywood Rose Bowl. Um, Dee Dee Khan, who plays Frenchie, was there to introduce it. And she is still as adorable as she really? was in the film. Nice. That's so, awesome. Yeah. What about you, David? Which of the T-Birds did you most identify with? I would say Eugene. He wasn't a T-Bird. He's a but... walking caricature. <laughs> I was like, how, if they created like the movie nerd dork in a lab, you know what I mean? Yes. Made him real life, that would be Eugene. So it's kind of like. It's like the John Hughes nerd. Exactly. Like, and you consider that's yourself not a nerd. real nerd. No, I'm just, I just wanted to give you Eugene. Love I just want to give Eugene some love. No, he's the best. Um. But so this this is hard too because I think Kaniki he had a couple softer qualities and he kind of took his guard down a couple times like around Rizzo and then he had that scene with Danny Zuko where they like hug each other because we're best friends right bro oh where he asked him to be his lieutenant yeah you're gonna drive with me like second he's like yeah and pretended that nothing happened (laughs) yeah then they just get weird and and tough up again um but man that is Kaniki basically spoke in uh, sexual innuendo the whole film. The whole time. Him and Rizzo, like, they didn't have, like, normal conversations. I wrote that down because uh, he says something about, like, bite the weenie. I think that's him that says yeah, it. Yeah, oh, bite the weenie. Oh, she, she says that, doesn't yeah. she? No, maybe it's uh, Danny. But, yeah, it was just a lot of back and forth with those two. It was, yeah. like, sexual tension. Yeah. But wait, so I didn't mean to cut you off. Are you saying you identify oh, with him? No, I'm, I'm just trying to pick. I, I'm being greedy and trying to pick parts from a couple of people. Definitely not the Three Stooges. I, mm-hmm. I, got, <laughs> I don't really have too much in common with them. But it'd probably be a mix between, perfect world mix between Danny and, and Kaniki. But I don't know, man. I, you, you have slim I'm just, pickings. I'm trying here. You'd be a coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> coach. Or creator face. No. Create a face. John Travolta, the sensational star of Saturday Night Fever, ignites the screen in Greece. Oh, I have a question. 
did you guys have a graduation carnival? Because that was like random to me. You did? Yeah. I don't know if uh, you did, but we had a project graduation. Did you have anything like that car in, in Canada? No. I mean, we always kind of took a trip for graduation. So um, oh, that's, that's even better. Like we went to like Montreal in the winter and, you know, went skiing. They were try- and- so they were trying to kill you. <laughs> just kidding (laughs) yeah basically um no but that was also only for grade eight and then grade 12 like it was only when you're leaving oh okay because are they done school I don't I actually don't know it's like the last day and like she's crying and that was so cute and funny like the the headmaster I keep wanting to call it the president I don't know why it's topical principal principal headmaster headmaster principal I guess so the principal and her assistant are like crying and then like they go outside and they're running around and there's all these carnival games and I was like dude I feel like the last day of school for me was so anticlimactic definitely was no carnival yeah we had a it's called project graduation I got hypnotized oh Uh, (laughs) we had people doing you know cartoon uh, cartoons of like peoples and couples. We had a little casino where you could win prizes. Um, karaoke. The pool was open. Basketball gym was open. When the fun. auditorium. So you did have a carnival. Yeah. Well, it's pretty much, and it's like a lock-in. We stayed there till like like five in the morning. Wow. So yeah, it's it was kind of cool. That is really fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're from Wisconsin. Wisconsin. So. Yeah. Danny tries to grab sandy at the drive-in with the yes the yawn and reach he's like no one's looking and he's like she like hair pressures her after he gives her the ring too and she's like this means you really respect me yeah i could totally talk like sandy in the movie (laughs) get real australian yeah her accent poked out just a little bit throughout the movie she's i think olivia newton john is a sydney sider similar to myself so like the accent is not super strong gotcha and it's that she grew up in england for a little bit too the actual actress. Yeah. Ah. Living in China. Yeah. yeah. They all try their luck with the girls. Yeah. yeah. Scene, he tries making out with her. Oh, right? yeah. And she's like, no, you're going to ruin it. He's like, no, yeah. baby. Yeah. No, baby. Yeah. Um, and then insinuates that they had sex, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tells all his friends. And, that, you know, that part of it, he's like, oh, my God, Sandy. And they're both happy to see each other at the first time they go to the drive in, I believe. And he's starstruck. And then they're like, oh, who's this? And he's like, oh, you know, some chick, man. Um, I don't know. Super douchey. I know. I know, Is that how you talk I know dudes girls? like that or did like in high school. Um, so my, yeah, my partner was walking in and out of the living room when I was watching this movie and he stopped and he, we were watching um, the, the part where they're in like the car class. Like, is that a thing in North America? Yeah. <laughs> shop, shop class. Shop class. Yeah. I'm, uh, you will learn a trade, Paris. I, I mean, I wish I learned a trade. I wish I learned how to do my taxes and to fucking fix a car versus learn, like yeah, fix a tire. algebra, which I have literally never. I probably used algebra. What's something that's stupid that I didn't learn? Need to learn. Ancient history. I loved it, but not super useful. <laughs> did, did they have that in Canada, Cara? So in grade six, I had shop and sewing and cooking or something like that mm-hmm. which was basically like arts or something i don't know what they grouped it all as and then we got prime uh, prime minister stephen harper and he cut all the funding for the arts oh uh, was that home ec yes that's yep. it yep yeah i was like what is this amazing class where they're just allowed to buy a car and fix it up yeah i mean that car is a total piece of shit so it was <laughs> <laughs> it was it was kind of cool seeing some older cars at the drive. Yeah, the drive Thunderbirds, in. right? That's what they're called? They're not all Thunderbirds. No. no. Movie. Yeah, T-Birds, Thunderbirds. But <laughs> it was kind of cool seeing them you know, spruce them up. And then that, uh, that race scene was kind of cool, too. But wasn't shop class always working on wood? Or was um, that- it's, it's, there's a couple. We had a couple. There's one with wood, and you could, like, build stuff, and people would build ton of different things and they let you use saws and stuff like that and then um we also had like an automotive one where people would actually oh, okay. drive, their, drive their car in and uh people would work on you know 16 17 year old kids cars that they wanted to fix them up themselves like kids in that class would work on their own cars with other kids in that class i totally thought that was a movie thing no I no we had uh we had yep teachers for it and everything Basically, wow. kind of like feeding into, you know, if they wanted to go to a trade school, um, like a tech 
tech college, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I was like, this teacher is fully encouraging them to go race the car. She was there. She yeah, she yeah. let them down. Well, that kind yeah. of like not illegal. It's like a drag race. It's dangerous. I don't know. If they're eighteen. They're seniors. <laughs> She's like, I'll she see probably, you there. She probably bet money. <laughs> she was cool. <laughs> Actually, I will say this for Greece. It was cool that like the shop teacher was a woman. Yeah. Principal was a woman. There was yeah. the only male teacher that we really saw was like the coach. coach. Yeah. There's some women in power in this movie. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just thought that was really funny. I was like, wow, that must be really different because in Australia we did not have that class <laughs> at all. Um, but I love no, that scene. I don't even know how to change my tire. <laughs> no. You didn't learn how to do that in driver's no. ed? Did you guys have, do you guys have driver's ed? Yes, but no, I didn't learn okay. how to do that. Yeah. We had like our teacher would, you know, there'd be four people, three people in the car taking turns driving. And one of the days he's like, all right, pull over, take it, take it off, put it back on. And he'd show us how to do it. Well, since I learned to drive when I was 28 years old, I did not. Oh, yes. Kara knows. She's to drive me everywhere when I first moved to LA. I'm going to teach you how to change the tire one of these weekends. I would like that yeah. because car shit can be expensive. Oh, yeah. Um, the cars were really a great, I mean, Grease Lightning David and I love when they say the name of the film in, in the film. <laughs> well, there it is. Oh, there it is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Crease lightning. Um, I loved it. Like I, yeah, the car was so cool. I, I was, when they put the, um, the clear plastic thing on top, I was like, Oh, that aged like milk. I haven't seen a car like that in a while. With the last scene. Oh no. Like in the, in the crease lightning. Yeah. They like, yeah. He, he lowers the, the, Oh the, yeah. And then yeah. the plexiglass. Plus, top. Yeah. They have another scene at the end when they're driving off. Uh, that's the same. All right. Uh, what else do we want to talk about that's aged like milk? Should we talk about slang? Yeah, we should talk about slang. <laughs> David loves to talk about slang. Oh, also, I'm surprised you haven't brought up the smoking yet, but we can talk about that uh, in a second. I, I hinted at it for a second there, but I don't have a problem with the smoking in this one. Really? We could talk about that, but let's talk about some slang. So some of the slang, uh, double doo-doo, eat me. Which you know I've heard people before, but uh, flipping like oh you flipping puts out like I haven't heard that since I was like in grade school and hearing older kids talk mm, you know yeah like, oh, does does she put up uh, dingleberries <laughs> jugs uh, jugs yeah jugs boobs, boobs bobos, bobos. <laughs> cruising for bruising oh this is what um, Rizzo said to somebody I. Uh, you want to flog your log? <laughs> she says it to Danny. <laughs> to I wrote that down too. Yeah. He's like, so what if I am? Yeah. And he said something to her that was pretty. I like, think it's bite the weenie. Bang or something oh, like no, that. no, no. She says that they kick all the boys out of the back of the car. Yeah. And she's like, what is it? What do you think this is? Gangbang? Gang bang? Okay. And yeah. then she's like, Eat, hit the pavement. And then yeah. they like walk off. You're going to go flog your log. And then, yeah, I forget who's, but somebody says, yeah, bite the weenie. And so. she, and her response is with relish. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Which could that's be, right. That's right. Two kinds yeah. of ways. Um, yeah. So I don't think any of that slang really holds up. Also, one of the slangs, I just burped. I wonder if you can hear it in the. One of the slangs that I noticed was um, going with. He, she, so when they're in the movie theater and the drive in, she's like, I still think you went with her. Yep. And then we didn't like, go together. Oh, we I, just went together. Yeah. That's what Danny says. And actually, my partner was walking through the living room and he, and he goes, What is she? It's the same thing. I was like, <laughs> No, I think, I think Sandy's saying that they fucked. Yeah. Right? Um, no, I thought she was saying like they dated because he said it was oh. a family friend. But then my whole take on it was her idea of oh we just kind of went together or whatever like went on a date or went to, like they didn't say go study or whatever but they go together mm. um she it's like so much means so much more to her than he's like oh it could have just been one date mm. and you're like oh we just went together what's you your know? read cara do you think him and Ch do you think danny and chacha banged um, I think they probably went on, on a few dates. That's what it seemed like from that particular line, but it could mean that too. I don't know. Yeah. I think they, cause I think they were trying to insinuate that Chacha was like a sexy girl. Yeah. That she was like sleeping around. She definitely danced. Great like dancer. Crazy. Great dancer. And like totally straight over here, but like loved the flashes of undies occasionally. Oh yeah. <laughs> like everyone looked Especially good. Bright colors. Um, I had something. Is Kaniki was a virgin. Yeah, because he, he had, had that twenty-five condom cent insurance in middle school, right? Yes. It was like yeah. in seventh grade he got it. 
Yeah. And then she was like, oh. And it's broken. Yeah. And then she's like, all right. Like, I know that's the funny thing about the T-Birds is like they acted so cool, but they were, it's just funny to have like 28, 30 year olds acting like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he, this was like his third time as a senior. Was it Kanicki? Yeah. I've repeated that many times. Yeah. And still a virgin, not, not virgin shaming. So, but it's just he's kinda, like 21. Yeah. Cause they even said it. Uh, the shop teacher's like, I got him for the third straight year or like um, he's never graduating. I got him for the third year again in the, one of the opening scenes. Yeah. So he had definitely been held back a few times. <laughs> oh man. I seriously, like, I think, you know, you're 30 when you identify more with the teachers. Like I literally was like this, this time around watching it. I was like, so tired. Yeah. Like, but I mean that the characters were your age. All of well, them. The actors, the actors, <laughs> yeah, the actors were my were, age. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell everyone how old I am. I'm sorry. I have a question um, about the dance off. Did in America, David, did you ever see a telethon, like a televised dance-a-thon? See, I looked that up and I don't remember ever seeing, like we, I remember watching Soul Train and stuff like that, but um, American Bandstand went off, in, went off the air in 89. So I was like five or, you know, five years old at that time. Um, and it was because um, MTV started around the early 80s, uh, what I was reading. And that kind of like pushed them off. They had like one last stand on USA and did one more season and then they were off the air. So okay. yeah, I remember though, um, yeah, like Soul Train, stuff like that. Um, but not, <laughs> not anything like that. I be interested to see yeah, a video. Yeah, no one ever came to record probably, our dances in yeah. <laughs> it'd be i bet you we could find the footage of some of these oh, I'm sure. american bandstands i loved that this movie was like yeah made in 1978 but they were so like i don't know like okay so do you think that this movie was made for people that had like nostalgia for the 50s like people who would pay money to go see movies like hand on heart like honestly i just binge watched the babysitter's club on netflix and it was so great and fun like but that's a nostalgic thing that people made for me because I yeah. like, you know, Cara, I don't know if you've watched it as well, but like, yeah, we are adults that like pay for our own stuff. And we've read the babysitter's club when we were kids. Uh, I feel like, was this movie made for people who grew up and were kids in the, in the fifties? I believe so. Because yeah. this resonates a lot with like car club people. Mm -hmm. You know, you probably got some friends, parents that are car club people. And if you've ever been one of their, like sock hops or whatever, their dances, ton of grease, and they're all wearing like different clothes. They pull up in old school cars, and that's like a nostalgia thing for them. Yeah. Yeah. I did it have did. something that stuck out mm. um, American Bandstand. They said all couples must be girl guys. I wrote that down too. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's yes. fuck. That's fuck. And then up. everyone was like, <laughs> Eugene. Yeah, Eugene. I'm like, fuck, man. It's Leave not, Eugene alone. Yeah, bro. don't call him gay. Like, Eugene can do whatever he, he wants. If he wants to be gay, yeah. he can be gay. But, he, but Eugene's got an arm on him. He's the only yeah. one that he coached with the pie in the face. I also wrote something down about the bandstand scene where all the girls were like sadly waiting at the side to be rescued by a man to go dance. And like the one <laughs> guy comes over and the girls, like they're all like sad. And then he comes over and like, hey. David, True. David's making a face like, well, well yeah, you want to be rescued? Also, no, that's not the face I was making. I was going to say <laughs> that's, that guys feel like that too. So I've, I've been to some middle school dances, Ooh. gone solo. And you know yeah, what I mean? Because what's his name? Uh, Sonny. That's how he felt because Marty Many didn't want to hang with them and he, he had nobody to. Marty was only going dance for with older gentlemen and also I people fighting in wars far away. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Um, they make fun of presidents in the movie. You know, at the end, uh, when she goes, maybe you'll be an Eleanor Roosevelt, blah, blah, blah. I felt or like a, I missed this. Or a Nixon. Yeah, I felt like I missed this whole joke. I, I got like. Vice President Nixon. Yeah. I guess it's like, it's so interesting to watch this movie in 2020 when it came out in 1978 and it's meant to be about the 1950s 50s, because yeah. like Vice President Nixon and it's like meant to be a joke, but like, like when did he become president? And he became president. Yeah. And he was a bad president. So right? after that, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I missed all of that. And it's kind of funny too because um, some of the boys have like dreamy eyes mm -hmm. when they're listening to it and they're just dreaming like, oh yeah, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> i know that could be me but i think like it's so interesting again because i love that the three of us are from like grew up in different countries like we there were some jokes in this that i i do feel like went over my head a little bit mm -hmm. like that one yeah 
just like other like school stuff that like I just didn't experience because it wasn't the same yeah like the pep rallies and stuff yeah you got to get ready for the big game for <laughs> football I mean we didn't have them all the time we had them um before like did con- you have a sign that said kill the gladiators no because um for <laughs> r.i.p well, gladiators especially for basketball um my senior year everybody came to school wanted to like drink for games and then people started getting in trouble so nobody there was barely any student fans but they'd go to football games because they couldn't they wouldn't get caught there basically because it was outdoors God, i feel like i was so such a drink. loser in high school when i hear your stories <laughs> no you weren't um yeah so any other things that we think age like milk so i i brought up the smoking i think of its time the smoking wasn't too too offensive but like the fact that Danny in the first like scene where we see him at the high school is like smoking right at the school. Oh no, that was what it was as well. So he's smoking right outside the front of the school. No big deal. And then she goes to the sleepover and she goes here, try a cigarette. It won't kill you. Yeah. And she's, right? doing, she's trying to show her the French inhale. But I was like, well, cigarettes do kill you. Yeah, but in the fifties, <laughs> they didn't, they didn't. Kill and when it was poisonous, they're good for you. Yeah. yeah. Was yeah. this, was this at the time too, where doctors were promoting certain brands on television? Because I think so. In the seventies, they were doing it or in the fifties. I, I can't, mean, I can't remember the exact time period, yeah. but I know my grandmother was, my grandmother had, she's gone now, but, and we love her. She lived in 98, but she had very bad asthma mm-hmm. and she was told to smoke with my dad. It would help. <laughs> really? That's what the doctor in Australia, Perth, Australia told her. Yeah. See, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I guess the, the smoking wasn't as bad in this film. Um, but yeah, guys, any last thoughts about how this aged like milk? I mean, I think that all of the, yeah, just mainly the, the way that women are treated and treat each other was, and it is just seen as acceptable and is seen as that was completely the norm um, is strange to watch now. But if you look at it as a product of its time, it makes sense um, whether or not that's, you know, if, if this was adapted again, it would be seen as that way. It's so funny to rewatch this movie as an adult and realize that so much of what I thought high school would be like was from this movie, you know, like dances and like, the girls at a sleepover. Like, that's what I thought a sleepover would be like. And then when I got invited to my first sleepover, I was like, oh, something. Like that. Yeah, that was- <laughs> Are they going to try to piss my ear? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's something I was going to ask you guys. <laughs> what? This is how uh, women's sleepovers went in high school. I love how Sandy's nightgown was like literally to her feet. <laughs> it was like, who wears this? Just to identify you as a complete prude. Virgin. Yeah. 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 Gotta get ready and then for she, bed. someone was like, you can use my virgin pin. And it's like, good for something. I wrote that down. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. The, the discussion about virginity was a lot throughout Yeah, this. yeah. No, but I mean, overall, like, do you guys think this movie has aged like milk? Um, I would say, I would say no. Really? Because it, I, I, so obviously, so here's my thing. And, and a couple of these aged like milk podcasts we've done. So I've always grown up like that is not okay for some of these guys to act the way they act, talk the way they talk. Right. So that stuff definitely did age like milk, but overall, um, you know, if you can separate that, which I know it's hard to do, it is a musical mm-hmm. and that's kind of like what you take and the feeling of like the, like what pageantry and the dancing and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So um, I would say like half, half aged like milk. It's still, it's you like may, you could still want to take a sip, get away with it. Yeah. Pour it like in the sink and it, just see if it's got chunks. Yeah. yeah. I, I wrote down yeah. it's powdered milk. Powdered milk. <laughs> I like <laughs> that. Great. I like that a lot. But yeah, because it's, you know, that stuff definitely is like, whoa. Not Man, okay. That's, that's, dude, be a, you know, be a gentleman. Don't talk like that. Because he still, he, he went that way towards the end, right? Mm-hmm. He, he was like, man, I'm going to do this for Sandy. He shows up with the Letterman's uh, sweater. Yeah. Oh, we didn't then, even really touch on that, how they kind of change for each other. Yeah. And that was kind of the overall message. Like, who would you say did more of the changing, him or her? Definitely Sandy. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely her. No, see, I would say Danny, because throughout the whole movie, he's constantly like battling with himself. He's like... But he he had both elements in him, whereas you never saw that element in her. And Sandy, that's true. I agree. That's true. Because he he was that guy. He's always been that guy. He's he's just fronting in front of his boys. So she did a complete one eighty, whereas he was like he probably had a longer period of change 
than she did. Yeah, yeah and was finding what was the middle ground that actually yeah. was his identity. Because there's, I mean, in high school, you're still figuring out your identity. Mm-hmm. But, you know, because that opening scene, he was probably a total sweetheart on the beach and they had this great time. And he's, so romantic. He was just being him. And then he's she comes around his boys and he's like whoa hey baby you know like and (laughs) yeah whatever dismissing her yeah it's like what and she's like what are you who are you right now what are you talking about Mm -hmm. so he kind of like uh carl saying she he comes to like the middle ground is like yeah this is kind of me i like being kind of a little bit cooler and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and hanging out hanging out the boys but i'm not gonna disrespect you and i i am here like i'll change a little bit for you and but like uh Kirsten also with sandy she shows up in leather pants and she's kind of like you know come chase me a little bit as she's walking through that the uh, clown she's still she's still like her cute klutzy self though when when she has the cigarette and she looks at the girls and marty like mimes dropping yeah, it on the floor yeah, and yeah. then doing this the, <laughs> like squish it out yeah and she's like oh yeah i got it <laughs> like yeah. you can tell she's not completely comfortable, comfortable that yeah but it was a, it's a good scene at the end. Definitely a way to, to end a movie. So, Kari, you think it was powdered milk? Powdered milk. Yeah, that, that's my opinion. I mean, this the film is, I think, the second most successful musical movie ever. Um, I believe it was the first for a really long time. And then Beauty and the Beast somehow um, got that know. spot. Probably just Disney and, you know. Um, yeah. But... there's a reason that it's been revived so many times and people love the music and there are definitely elements to it that can be used as conversation pieces and kind of ways to talk about, you know, what's acceptable then versus now and things like that. But my opinion would be that it's, it's a film that stands on its own from that time. Mm -hmm. Maybe in 50 years, it will be a different story because things will have changed so much. But um, I think the music itself is what really creates the magic. I agree. I think that's going to hold it up even down the line because it's a snapshot of that time. See, I'm going to go. So it's funny because we've got three different views. I'm going to say it did age like milk because, you know, the more I, I think also because when I watched it for the first time, I was so innocent. And then like, as I've watched it, I've become more aware of the stuff. And I think like in the research I've done, I don't know, the diversity thing really stuck out to me. The sexual politics really stuck out to me. The gender inequality really stuck out to me. I still love the music. I was listening to it before you guys, you know, started chatting. But I really, you know, I just, I love the movie and I want it. I want to love it. But I do think it's, I know it's a product of its time, but I think I would be wary to like allow my daughter to watch this in 15 years if yeah. I had a daughter. Which so I, I just looked it up quick. Yeah. Uh, when did California desegregate schools? Um, June of 1947. So mm. this is in the 50s. Yeah, there might not be too many mm. folk, color folk in the, in the school. So. Uh, so at the end of every podcast, we shout out somebody um, from the cast or crew that like, wasn't in the spotlight. So Kara, as our guest, would you do us the honors of kicking us off? Sure. I picked the choreographer because this movie has amazing choreography. And when I looked her up on IMDb, she had done choreography for a ton of movies um, and has had a very successful and long career. So congratulations. And her name is Patricia Birch. Patricia, snaps nice. for you. Hey. Uh, David. Um, I went with June Edgerton, who um, she was a music editor and she did Grease 2, a couple ton of, well, yeah, Grease, obviously. Um, She's got a long list of movies she was a music editor on. So I just think that's a huge part of this movie. All the music throughout. I even love my favorite song. I listened to it like two times on the way over here um, was that Grease song on the credits, uh, the ending credits when they're like doing the yearbook and the pictures. So just piecing that all together. I know how hard editing is and music pretty much makes a lot of movies and iconic scenes. So shout out to June. Good shit. Good job, June. Um, Well, I went with, kind of a featured extra i went for todd burton who was the catcher in the catcher scene he's like giving 
he's giving a, a John Travolta's character, Danny, a little bit of shit. <laughs> he's like, you can't even. I mean, you know, I looked him up on IMDb and I could be completely wrong, but this is his only credit. That's it. So, I mean, Todd, if you're out there, like reach out to us. We'd love to chat with you. It takes so many people to make a movie and yeah, nobody's contribution is small from the PA to the sound, to the dance choreography, to the extra, to the, you know, publicist at the very end who's helping it come out. Um, it's a, it's a team effort. Yeah, it is. Got to respect everybody's contribution. Exactly. Um, so, Kara, if people want to find you online, how can they do that? Um, our company website is k2publicity.com, mm-hmm. and our contact information is just under contact on the page. Um, and you can find me there. Awesome. And if someone's like, I need a publicist, like, my short film, like what's one piece of advice you would give to someone listening in? I think for new filmmakers, um, in term, I mean, okay, so this is the situation with quarantine. It's a different world right now, but, and so, you know, festivals are figuring out what they can do and how they can still work with filmmakers and geo block their little areas and whatever else. But when it comes to a short film, having as many people see it as possible is super helpful because you can use it as a calling card. And um, whether that's, you know, festivals or maybe it's, you know, workshopping it in different, in, in different um, groups or things like that so that as many people can see it as possible so you can get opinions and also, you know, kind of start to garner quotes from people and um, start to just develop it into what you're hoping it to be would be is always my suggestion Um, and not to worry too much about where it's premiering because a lot of the time when a film premieres at one festival you know other programmers see it at the festival or if you're showing it to someone who is a programmer they can connect you to other avenues to show your work and um, just have as much fun and enjoy the ride as possible versus worrying about reviews and things like that with short films. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah, that's great. I was going to say, what can someone do as a filmmaker to really stand out from the crowd pre COVID post COVID as a filmmaker? I mean, I think just be, you know, really, true to what you're trying to tell a story about and find the niche that um that that you're comfortable with but that does make you stand out from the lots of other films that exist out there um whether that's you know if you know a group of um like the a genre film or an LGBTQ film or a sci-fi movie. There's just, there's a lot of different elements that you can draw from to make your film stand out. And if you're lucky enough, I would say as a realistic publicist, um, getting names is very helpful to getting press coverage. And by um, that you mean getting named getting actors. Getting named actors. Yeah. yeah. David Rogers, um, I hear he's good. Perfect. He's, he's, <laughs> he's stroking his beard. Yes. <laughs> well, listen, Kara, obviously like love you as a person. So stoked to have you on our podcast. It's, it's a lot of just, you know, shit talking, but at the end of the day, we're all film lovers. That's why we got involved in this industry. And um, yeah, it's honestly just been a, an honor to discuss this film with you. A classic. Yeah, no, it's been a lot of fun and I love talking about film and I studied film in school. So always super fun to yeah just to look at something from a different lens and different way i love it when you talk dirty john travolta and olivia newton john explode across the motion picture screen in greece the movie filled with more song more dance more of everything that makes a great musical unforgettable check your fridge and make sure that milk is taken out
gross milk is gross thanks for listening to our podcast you can follow us on uh, instagram at age like milk podcast we we want your questions we want you to get to know us so please email us at age like milk podcast at gmail.com we will literally answer whatever the fuck you ask us give us some movie racks yeah we got a list we got a list going because like there's heaps of movies that have um aged like milk if you will Grr.